don't really understand until you actually are in it, you know, until you're going through the motions, until you're telling the kids, daddy's leaving, he'll be back, but we're not sure exactly when. And yes, we know he just got back. It's just a lot because that adds a, a whole different layer of mental load really to my job as a mom. That's Emily Solberg. She's here to talk with us about military life. What does it look like for a family, specifically for her as a mother? She'll tell us about that. Plus, she'll share the things she thinks is critical for any mother when she's going through a time she feels lonely. And she'll talk about that age-old feeling of, hey mom, I get it now. Episode four of the So God Made a Mother podcast starts now. Hi, friends. Hello. Welcome. We're pumped. We're pumped. We are pumped. One. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we are pumped. We, we're chatting with the Emily Solberg. You probably know her from Shower Arguments online and all of her very large social media platforms. We know her as, yes, Shower Arguments, but also she helps behind the scenes for her view from home. And we're so grateful for that. I feel like we need to clap. I know. Where's the applause button? Where's the applause? <laughs> Emily is amazing. Emily, Emily is like Emily's the amazing. worker bee everyone needs, and she's hilarious and fun. And yeah, she great. gets work done, and I she really does. appreciate that. She's also a mom of two, and a soldier, and her husband's in the military, and she she's busy. And we're going to talk today about how she juggles it all, and and maybe a little bit of help for all of us to juggle it all in this busy motherhood season. Hi, Emily. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Can you, did I, uh, did I dive in enough for an intro? Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? So I'm Emily. I am the voice and writer behind Shower Arguments with Emily Solberg. But yes, I feel like I am in the stage of motherhood and life where I am constantly on the go. I'm juggling all these different responsibilities. I'm also a military spouse. I have served myself. So I've got kind of one foot in motherhood, one foot in military life. And it's, it's a lot right now. I'll be honest. Can I, can I tell you, knowing what I know about the military, my dad's a Vietnam veteran and I, good grief. I can already feel myself getting teary. I have It's a running joke. I cry on all these podcasts, but (laughs) I have so much respect knowing what I know and I don't know very much, but I I'm just so grateful for you and for your husband and for everybody in the military and everything you do for us that it, it does not go unseen and we're just, we're all so grateful. So thank you for, thank you for your service to all of us. Thank you. It actually gets me choked up a little bit too. Because <laughs> it, it is, it it's the and whole family too, really, you know? Yeah. It is. It really is. And we actually just found out in September, one of the reasons that it's been so crazy um, in my world recently is we just found out unexpectedly that my, other, my husband is deploying again in January. So he just got back from a stint on the border in Arizona for the summer and now he's turning back around and leaving again. So it's just one thing after the next. And, um, and that's part of the lifestyle, but you know, you don't always understand what you're signing up for. Do you know how long he'll be gone this next time? Probably four months, four to five months. You know, they tell you, you signed up for this, but you don't, you don't really understand until you actually are in it, 
you know, until you're going through the motions, until you're telling the kids, daddy's leaving, he'll be back, but we're not sure exactly when. And yes, we know he just got back. It's just a lot because that adds a, a, a whole different layer of mental load really to my job as a mom. How long have you both been in, in the service? Because you, you and your husband have been. Yeah. So he just hit 15 years actually. So he's, we're kind of, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's, he's got another seven years probably to go before he's actually able to retire. And I have been in about 10 years. So, but I'm currently taking a knee, as we say, I, I had to kind of take a step back and prioritize because with him being active, he's, he's a Marine officer. He is, this is his full-time job. I um, am an army reservist. And I fortunately had the opportunity to take a little bit of a break and focus on our family right now while he is, we're prioritizing his career. But then that also is a lot on your shoulders. And I think that's a lot, you know, I have such a a different perspective now for my mom thinking of what she did when my dad was drafted to Vietnam and my oldest sister was one month old. And, you know, you always think about the soldier serving and obviously that's incredible too, but everybody at home that it affects as well. I just, I can't even imagine what you have to take on and that mental load of of being a mom of two and caring for your home and moving all the time. And so you're in it, friend. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm in it every day. And I think that's something that's kind of hard because when I write or talk about, you know, burdens that I have, I, I, people that aren't familiar with the fact that we're a military family are kind of like, well, where's your husband? You know, what's he doing? Why aren't you getting help that you need? Why can't you ask for help? Well, we're in a very unique situation where I, I literally can't help or I can't ask for help um, from him. And, you know, if you've just moved to a new city, you don't know anybody, it's hard to get established. It's hard to make friends. It's hard to find that community uh, initially. I mean, once you do, it can be the strongest community ever. And one of some of my best friends are um, our other military spouses. But it's it's just easier said than done. You know, how do you keep your head above water? Do you? I think you. <laughs> it's like, wait, let's slow. Fine. Like dog paddling over dog here. Dog paddling. Like, oh, yeah. That's true. Leslie's right. I mean, that's a lot that you take on, not only just the day to day, you know, getting kids where they need to be and signing up for all the things and, and getting them, you know, places, but also just that emotional load and the mental load of kind of doing it. You're the primary one. And sometimes I'm sure it's hard to communicate even with your spouse. You know, you're, I, I don't know. How do you do that? Yeah. I mean, I think communication is absolutely key when it's possible, but that's the other part of it is that we have to, I feel like I have to work harder to communicate, to plan, to schedule because I am always compensating for the fact that I'm doing it by myself. Or I also have to really ask for help. And that is something that I think all of us as women, as mothers have a challenge doing. It's really hard to ask for help, but I think in certain situations, you're just forced to, I have no other option. You know, if I've got a kid, I've got to take to the emergency room. Well, we're either all going, or I'm going to ask my neighbor who I met like, you know, two weeks ago. And the good thing is that my neighbor has been in the same boat. So usually that is an option. There are people that are willing to help. The military community is wonderful and supportive, but it is just a constant, it's a constant mental math game where I'm just like, okay, if I 
do this? Then how does this affect that? Then can I, how many times can I ask my neighbor for help? And it's, I, I think I'm just constantly juggling in my head and it, it feels magnified by this, the fact that I'm just doing it all alone. What you're doing online and how you're writing and reaching all these women, you're helping so many people just by sharing your story. I mean, I hope you guys know that I should, we should also say to Emily wrote, a piece in So God Made a Mother, and we're going to have her read it in a little bit. But the stories that you guys share by just being vulnerable, you're helping so many women and you'll never know, you know, because how many women read your viral posts and they don't comment and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, you'll just never know how many people you are helping just by sharing that mental load in your own motherhood journey. And that's, that's really big friends. So I, I hope you know that what you're doing is, is very important. Thank and just you. giving a glimpse, kind of giving a glimpse into the real, the real day to day that so many of us don't know. And that, that goes for whether it's military or, or a single mom or any, I mean, there's tons of different right. scenarios, but it's, I always appreciate that about your writing, Emily, that it sometimes will put you in a different place. You know, I can, I can look at it through a different lens that maybe I haven't Mm -hmm. been in before. And I think that's, what's so cool about even really just on the whole, the writing that, that so many women do now online and, and in So God Made a Mother and all the, the different avenues that we have to share. I know my mom has talked about that before too, that, you know, the internet has sort of, for as much as it gets kind of a bad rap, sometimes it has created this kind of instant community for people to really expand beyond maybe even your your military group, you know, you're reaching other people, other things that that we just we didn't know before. Mm-hmm. And my mama said, you know, we didn't have that. And so it's really cool to be able to kind of read what someone else is going through. So yeah, I think you're you have more of an impact than you probably know. I even think too, Thank Emily, you. you are you're just a few years younger than us, but just enough yep. to where I feel like your motherhood journey when your kids were little is actually very different than my motherhood journey. I don't remember as many women speaking about this stuff when Ella was a baby and now she's 15. And I would have loved that. Like just knowing, mm-hmm. cause it's really hard. Cause I, you know, worked outside of the home too at that point. And I felt that constant, that constant pull and give and take of not being able to be in all the places that we wanted to be, but I also didn't talk about it. I think it was not something that you talk about because you need to work and it's fine. Just work and go home and and suck it up. And I feel like we as mothers are so much better about talking about that hard stuff now. I agree. And I think also, you know, I think now we're all told, okay, you can have it all, right? You can be it all. I'm taking the mindset now of, I don't want it all. And that was part of my decision to take a step back from my own military career. Mm. All sounds a lot. That sounds like it's all on me. It's all on my shoulders. And that is too much. And I think now we're finally calling that out and saying, no, this isn't, I don't need all, I don't need all of it. I just want the thing. I mean, the things that matter most to me, I think I have had to really narrow those things down and figure out what needs my immediate attention. What's most important most of the time it's my family and it's also my own mental health. And I, I think sharing about that and encouraging other mothers, other women to do that is so key and so important and part of my mission. 
And how do you, how do you do that then? How, for a mom who thinks she can do it all, how does she even start? Where does she prioritize (laughs) her life? How? I think that you prioritize by what fills you with a feeling of true joy. It sounds kind of cliche, but really what brings you the most joy and fulfillment and happiness? Maybe it's right in that moment. You know, it doesn't have to be long. I think we're constantly in this, I don't know, we're on this journey for perpetual happiness, but I don't really think happiness works that way. I think it is temporal. I think it is in the moment, trying trying to be instead of do. So that's kind of my my mindset right now after feeling like I'm just, like you said, being pulled in all these different directions, juggling this, trying to find you know, balance in the chaos. But the fact is I don't have control over so many of these things. So I'm not going to let it control my happiness. Like I'm not going to let my husband's career control my happiness. I spent all of September just being in a funk, being upset, being, and it's okay to be there, but don't stay there. So I think focusing on what gives you joy, being present in the moment. I know it's so hard, but really there are these little linings of joy, I think, in in every day. And that's kind of how I'm writing and how I'm trying to encourage other mothers. It's it's gonna be fleeting, it's gonna be temporal, but honestly, those little moments are what are keeping me going right now. And maybe that's just that's just it, right? There's no long term no long term yeah. success. That kind of goes right into what you wrote for So God Made a Mother, the piece that we have, because you talk in that one, it's called um, Dear Mom, I Get It Now. It was such a fun piece to get because I think so many of us identify with that now that we are kind of like you were talking about, we, you recognize at some point you have so much pressure on you and then you think, wow, my mom probably felt the same way. (laughs) I have so much, I have much better appreciation for my mother now at 41 than I did even at when my girls were first born. Yeah. Right. And so that was, that was kind of a neat thing to include, I think, because you, you really captured that well in, in your piece that you submitted. So I think we want to have Emily read a little bit of that. All right. So dear mom, I get it now. I really do mom. I really get it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm going to cry. I know I'm going to cry. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. You're, I mean, oh, Every stage, I have a new appreciation for my mom at that stage. Okay. I used to wonder why my mom was always the last one out of the house. Without fail, the rest of the family would be waiting impatiently in the car, next crane toward the front door, counting the minutes on the dashboard clock and willing her to hurry up already. Heaven forbid if someone didn't get the keys from her first and we found ourselves huddled outside the minivan, hands shoved deep in the pockets of our hoodies, slumping the full weight of our bodies against its silver bulk in protest. What in the world was taking her so long? Back then, I thought it was because she took forever to get ready. I had a sneaking suspicion she didn't want to go out in public without her makeup on, even though I couldn't imagine why a mom would care so much, really. I pictured her going through her closet, hot rollers still in her hair, deliberating over which pair of high-waisted jeans to wear while we languished in purgatory. I figured she sometimes procrastinated until the last minute, or perhaps she purposely enjoyed keeping us waiting. Or maybe for some reason she thought right before we were supposed to leave was the perfect time to call grandma. 
I only recently discovered the truth now that I'm a mom myself. So good, a friend. Great little intro. And you're just it? so good with words. I'm like, oh, she has really good words there. <laughs> I know. that. Was, the, can't you just see it? But that used to happen in my family, too. I think that's such a oh, universal, yeah. you know, I had a brother Mom! who would sit in the car and just do this big, heavy. <laughs> I, I think he probably still does to this day. <laughs> I remember my mom would honk when we were going to go to church <laughs> and she'd be waiting on all of us lazy souls to get into the car. And now, now I do the same thing. I sit in the driveway. I'm like, get out here, go to church and be happy. Right. I, yeah. I yeah. don't know, <laughs> you know, and I, I love how you touched on a little bit earlier of how you, women, it used to be do it all, do it all, but you can't do it all. And my mm-hmm. mother growing up, she worked full-time and my dad worked full-time and then they were farming family. So they were always working. And I feel like as a kid, I thought she was doing it all. I really did. And I, I think that's when I was early in my working journey, I was like, I can do that too. I can, I can cook and work and raise these kids. But I, I was not, I, for so many years had zero friendships because I had no time. I would go to work and then I'd come home and I'd, I would work on the website and the laundry was like, you know, I think I saw you post something, Emily, a little bit ago of your laundry pile. I'm like, girl, Mm -hmm. I've had 20 (laughs) loads of laundry at one time. And now I look back at my childhood and I think mom couldn't do it all either. There were a lot of things that we weren't involved in because she couldn't get us there you know, there was always laundry to do. The house was kind of a mess. I mean, we were always kind of all over the place because something has to give and that Mm -hmm. is okay and normal. I think, you know I mean? I don't, I I was pretty hard on myself for a lot of years about all of those things. And now I'm like, you know, I just, I have to do the best that I can in that season. And for me, it's okay. I have to make money so I can put food on the table and feed these kids who eat nonstop. And Mm -hmm. And that self mental health balance is a lot important is, is way more important for me now than it used to be. I always mm-hmm. have to go for a jog every day. Otherwise I feel like I want to bite someone. And now I'm not ashamed to say that. I think a few years ago, I wouldn't have wanted to say that. Do you remember Carolyn early on building this? Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't get away. I can't get away. And now I'm mm-hmm. like, that's dumb. Yes, I can. I can, mm-hmm. I can take that time away. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that comes from just perspective. I- I mean, I don't know. I mean, because Emily, you are a little younger than we are. We, Leslie and I both have teenagers now, but, but you seem to already, to your credit, have grasped that, I know, know. (laughs) which is great. Because I have so many of you to look up to and I've been reading all of your stuff. (laughs) Or you've seen all the mistakes we've made. (laughs) But that's so true though. I mean, not, not us in particular, maybe, but, but having that, that community to be able to tap into those friendships. Exactly. That is so powerful, isn't it? It yeah. really and does. And circles back to your point about the internet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That yeah. it kind of opens up and gives us kind of access to each other. And I always just, I so appreciate when someone will share something that is just real, you know, and, and you're so good at that, Emily. And Leslie does it all the time too, that it's just, Oh, it's okay if I'm putting chicken nuggets on the table again. Right. You know, mm-hmm. my air fryer is getting worked out. Everyone doesn't everyone put chicken. <laughs> and I, I don't think even... they do. I, I know. think they do. That's the thing. <laughs> and and I feel like 
I know for many years there were the, the filters were such a big deal. Mm. I know they are still there, but do you feel, I feel like it's getting better. I feel like we're getting back into that real life. Maybe that's just my fluffy cloud that I live on. And I feel like life is, is getting better, but hopefully. And don't you think that, that I, don't you think that helps even for our kids then? I mean, I, I, I do have a teenage daughter now and I, I feel, and Leslie does too. And, and being able to model for them that, oh, it's okay to not have everything in place. But like you said, Emily, you have your priorities in place, you know, like we know Sunday afternoons, we're going to be home together. It doesn't matter if you can't see the living room floor because there's six loads of laundry and whatever. It's, I think it's okay to model that a little, mm-hmm. I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't think our yeah. mom. So I, I mean, I think going back to this generational idea as well, we saw our moms doing it all because I don't think they had any way to communicate with each other or with us really that they weren't doing it all. They were just prioritizing. But to us, we just thought you're just doing everything. You're, it's all, you're doing it all. Mm-hmm. But now that we are at that same phase in life, I think we are much better at reaching out to others, seeing, okay, this isn't sustainable. I'm seeing people writing about it. I'm seeing people talking about it. And so I'm going to set these boundaries. And I'm hoping that that will continue to filter down to our daughters. I'm hoping my daughter's going to see that. And I know my mom is already proud. You know, she's mentioned to me, I'm just proud of you for sharing about some of these struggles because my mom isn't on social media at all but when whenever I share my writing with her she's always kind of amazed that I'm so honest <laughs> you know mm-hmm. at first mm-hmm. it was a little embarrassing but now mm-hmm. she you know when I read that to her um, well a, she was very validated but also I think <laughs> I think it's I think it's good I think we're moving in the right direction Leslie I agree with you I think if things are going to be okay I hope yeah <laughs> Because life does not get any less busy, right? No. Right. That's right. That's the and I keep and, waiting for it to get less busy and it doesn't get less busy. And the asking for help that is so yeah. important. And with your spouse too. I mean, I know you can't, Emily, all the time because you have, you know, extreme circumstances and, and so many people, single parents do too. But I know for me, our household, we have to run together. My husband and I, and, you know, and it's not even a split 50-50. Sometimes it's 90-10 mm-hmm. one way or the other. But it, it, we cannot do all the things we're doing unless we had each other. And I say that a lot because a lot of people are like, well, how do, how do you do what you're doing, Leslie? How do you work and get your kids and all these things? I'm like, I couldn't do it if I didn't have support. I think that's really mm-hmm. important. And I, I hope people that can't do it don't feel that guilt because the only reason I can is because I have so many people around me. And I will say that all the time, building this website doing this business, it was only because of the support I had. And and that includes the two of you. So thank you so much, by the way, for taking that load off my shoulders and helping bring not only the website, but this podcast and everything to life. It it means a lot to me. And I know to all of our listeners. You're welcome. <laughs> You're I didn't cry for that. <laughs> she didn't. I was waiting for the tears to come. I was, but that's, that's right. That's the word for the day. I think support it's finding support wherever you are in whatever situation you're yeah. in. You know, well, I love that this is our, yeah, this is our village. And I, I think that's another important topic is the village because I think a lot of people, it's strange. We're so much more connected these days, but yet a lot of people don't feel like they have that village. And I think that's the question for our generation too. How do we 
how do you find a village where it, when it's where we seem more and more isolated in many ways too. So being brave enough to reach out and ask for help. Mm-hmm. And then also, yeah. Returning that help though, you know, not, we can't always, I know that we can't always help others, but if, if you can, if you have a, a some time to do that, to, mm-hmm. to reach out, what is the piece that you write that I love so much, Emily of reaching down in the. Yeah. Mommy in a hole. Oh, I yes. love it. It's it. She basically guys writes about how, um, that, you know, if you need to sum it up for me, cause I can't, but reaching, <laughs> reaching back to help another. Right. 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 Well, it usually, you know, you, yeah, it's a, an anecdote about a mom who's down in a hole and she can't get out and, you know, her family tries and her doctor tries and, but it's really not until another mom comes along and doesn't just offer to help her out. She gets down in the hole with her to climb out. And I think that's really what, what we need in our village is people that are willing to get down and meet us wherever we are. And it doesn't even have to be like physical help all the time. Right. I mean, my, my village most of the time is just people who are willing to listen and acknowledge that what I'm going through is hard. My heart isn't harder than anybody else's hard, but I think that just seeing each other, I know Carolyn, you don't love that. I see you, but really when you see, when you see other people and acknowledge them and meet them where they are, that's, that's the key to, to a village. And I do, I do love that. I always, I always, uh, I always kind of laugh with the writers who know me well that the I see you is the, I see you. and it's overused because it is so true. You write it all the time because it's so because true. It is so yep. true. So it's, it's, you're right. There are friendships we make where it's just even just sitting with someone for, you know, an hour or just reaching out and saying, Hey, how's it going? You know, or just mm-hmm. making that sometimes there are some days where the only other adult human connection I have is with someone picking up a kid at school. And yep. that, that two minute interaction maybe gets me through the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I think you're right. That's, that's getting down in the hole and just connecting with other, other moms. I will. I'm going to link that. It's on your Facebook yes. page, right? Emily. Yeah. I'm going to link oh, that yeah. post in, in the show notes for you guys. So you can read it. It is one of my favorite pieces. Yeah, and that there's been a lot of pieces, but it's one of my favorite. It's one of those we'll read. It's like watching Father and the Bride. Yes. Anytime Father of the Bride is on TV, I'm like, yes, I'm watching. Yeah, that is so true. There that. are pieces we read <laughs> over and over and over again. All right, friend. Thank you so much for this. Thank you for all you do for your service, for your husband's service, for being an incredible mother and friend and employee of her view. We're, we're grateful. We're grateful for you. Go go follow Emily. Shower arguments because she's wonderful. Oh yes, Emily, you want to give a shout out to where you're at again? Yeah, where can we find oh, you? Yeah, yeah, you can find me um, on Facebook at Shower Arguments with Emily Fulberg or just on Instagram at Shower Arguments. And um, thank you both so much. And I'm so honored and grateful to work with both of you. Thanks, guys. Back at you. All right. Well, until next time, Leslie. Remember, the world needs your story. We got it right this time. We did. (laughs) Bye, guys.